Welcome. You've tuned into Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is for awakening souls, developing intuition, and fulfilling your purpose. This is episode number 29. We have a great topic today to explore with you. It's titled, Your Psychic Development and Your Spiritual Growth. Yay! (laughs) (laughs) Over the decades of teaching, we've noticed that many people are not aware of the relationship between their spiritual growth and psychic development. Often, we've observed spiritual seekers being quite leery of psychic development and those who are interested in psychic development thinking of it as quite separate from their spiritual growth. Yet in truth, you can't have one without the other. We've often defined the term psychic on this show simply as, quote, of or pertaining to the soul. Using that definition, you can't really have much spiritual growth without developing the soul that you are, can you? Your spiritual growth essentially is you becoming more and more aware that you are spirit, not a body. And then learning to live here in a body, in this world, more and more as the limitless, eternal spirit that you already are. As a spirit person, you are what we call a soul. The great majority of people in this world today still consider themselves more of a body person than a spirit person or a soul. When you as a soul arrives at a certain phase of your spiritual growth, you begin to awaken much more to the truth that you, you are indeed spirit and not a body. You begin to not only recognize yourself as a soul person. I'm a soul man. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than a body person. But you also begin to live in this world more and more with the constant reality of spirit. Instead of continuing to be beholden to the physical world as your only reality. This is the point at which you begin to be actively interested in your soul or psychic development. Often, psychic development is looked upon as developing various inner abilities beyond the five bodily senses. So initially, people who begin to awaken to their soul development become interested in one or more of such psychic abilities as clairsentience, that is, feeling subtle energies, clairaudience, hearing spirit, or clairvoyance, seeing energy, and much more of the truth and intuition, knowing rather than reasoning intellectually. There begins the gradual realization that there is a lot more to life than meets the five physical senses. Yet your psychic development is you developing your whole soul person, not just a few isolated soul abilities. 
It is really about living your life more and more as an immortal soul person who has been living all along, one who has lived as other personalities in prior incarnations and will continue to live after the death of this body personality. In your current body, you are either male or female, but in prior incarnations, you've been each many times. I know that's kind of shocking for some of you, but it's true. That's probably why some of the young people today who are more aware of themselves intuitively as immortal souls are wanting not to be identified strictly as one gender. Whether they are consciously aware of it or not, they intuitively recognize that they've not only been both genders many times, they are actually neither gender as a soul person. Now, one of the things that naturally comes in living more and more as a soul person rather than as a body person is that you keep pushing the envelope of your comfort zone and what you previously believed were your limits, whether they be physical, emotional, mental, or psychic. Another awareness factor that comes into play in your life as you develop more as a soul person in this worldly life is that you become increasingly more aware that you really never die. That even when your physical body is no more, you still live on in spirit and as a soul person. You become less and less afraid of living just as you are. You also become more interested in the experience of things beyond the experience limited by your physical body in the world. That opens the windows of perception more in the psychic arena beyond the five bodily senses. So let's explore those three aspects that Raphael just mentioned of what happens when we live more as a soul person rather than as a body person. Okay, first of all, being a soul person just means that we experience ourselves as spirit incarnated in bodily form. As the French Jesuit priest, philosopher, and paleontologist is often quoted as saying, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. And who was that philosopher? Do you know? Uh, Yes. Um, Pierre de Teilhard Chardin. Very good. We. (laughs) (laughs) Raphael mentioned as one of the signs of living more as a soul person in this world is that we begin to push more the envelope our comfort zone and what we previously imagined as our limits. Of course, athletes do that every day, regularly. They set goals that require them to go beyond their previous personal bests. That's where we can practice going beyond our seeming physical limits. Because when we're not a body person, ah, it's the spirit, isn't it? As spirit, we can break all limits, go beyond. And if you watch even athletes, they're really into their bodies and, you know, making their bodies incredible. But when they really go beyond, the way they 
break the records, when they go beyond, way beyond their personal best, almost always they're kind of surprised, even though they've been working at it, working at it, but it's the spirit. They, they get past. They get second wind. Ah, the body's going, I can't do this anymore. No, I'm about to collapse. And then something happens, and they go beyond it. And then they're there for a while, and they practice and practice some more. But, you know, I'm not personally interested (laughs) in the least in setting any kind of new world record (laughs) in athletics or physical prowess. Yet I'm really interested in others doing that because they are demonstrating to the rest of humanity in a very physical way that spirit has no bounds. I'm also interested in going beyond my personal best regularly in simple everyday physical activities. When I take my daily walks, periodically, I'll go a bit faster or a bit longer or do more in some way than I had previously been able to. I just use that for seeing what kind of limitations I had previously imposed upon myself and being able to just let go of them. Now, in other arenas of life I'm way more interested in, I do regularly push the envelope of my previous limits, especially in the arena of my psychic or soul awareness. I'm continually extending and expanding my awareness of that which is undivided and limitless. And each time I do, sometime later, it starts to show up in different areas of my life as an increase or improvement or some kind of positive change in many different ways. Of course, another change that Raphael pointed out in those who live more and more as the soul person they are, which is that knowingness that we never die. Even if our physical body dies, is quite prominent for me. I wonder why. (laughs) (laughs) Something to do with four near-death experiences? Five. (laughs) One way I experience that is that I'm not concerned about the past or future much at all anymore. I'm interested in what happened before, you know, history, my personal or everybody else's or, you know, global history. I'm interested in that. But... I'm also interested in the potential of what might happen in the so-called future. But I'm not concerned about either the past or the future that much. I've always tended to live more in the present than many people I know. But now, it's that much more. (laughs) Okay, and some people might look at that and go, oh, he doesn't care. No, it's not that I don't care. It's just that I'm not concerned. I'm not worried about it. But when I look at the future, what might be the possibilities, probabilities, I'll use that information on how I live right here, right now. 
As for the third byproduct of living more as a soul person that Raphael talked about so far, is the interest in psychic development and all things psychic. Well, I've had that all my life. But of course, growing up in Japan in the 50s and 60s, I didn't come across the word psychic at all. It, was, it wasn't until I was 20 years old and living in San Francisco that I came across the word psychic. But once I learned what psychic meant, I knew, retroactively, <laughs> I knew everyone was psychic already. And that being psychic was the most natural and obvious thing to me all my life. Not just for myself, but observing everyone else. And I finally began to see that that was a big part of why I had the kinds of difficulties I had growing up. I assumed everyone knew they were psychic and were conscious of their psychic awareness and abilities. But they weren't. I saw, felt, heard, and knew things that others had no idea about. I didn't understand how they, can, how they couldn't see what was obviously right in front of them or that they didn't know what I was talking about. When I was 19 or so, I consciously started to think, and I need a teacher, and I start to seek out a teacher. Yet I had no idea what kind of teacher I needed. I knew I wasn't looking for an academic or intellectual teacher, but I was certain I had to find a teacher. I wasn't learning and, and you know, wanting to study something just philosophic or academic, but I was looking for someone what I would call spiritual. I was looking for a spiritual teacher, but I didn't even know that. I wasn't thinking in terms of learning to develop my clairvoyance or learn to become an aura reader. I was just wanting to experience for myself the nature of truth and the true purpose of our being here. I also was aware that I could be doing far more than what was normally being done in this world. I didn't connect that with psychic development for a while. But as soon as I found my teacher in the psychic school he had just got going, I realized that that was it. Once I started my training with him, I discovered that I wasn't there to learn to be clairvoyant, since what they call clairvoyance, I already had. But I was there to learn how to manage not only my clairvoyance, but all my psychic abilities, rather than having some of them run me around half the time. For example, one of the first things I learned was that I was constantly taking on other people's problems psychically, including at times even their illness symptoms. I also discovered that I was so extremely sensitive to others' emotions that most of the time, I was feeling other people's feelings and assuming they were mine, since I was feeling them. I was always wondering, how could I be such a happy person and often feel not so happy? Starting to learn that one thing completely transformed my life. 
We'll have more about this after the break, but I just wanted to mention to make sure to check our website during the break, www.michaeltomorrow.com for our upcoming September seminar weekends in Chicago, Illinois, and Burlington, Vermont. When we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue to explore your psychic development and your spiritual growth. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com We all have the inner ability to use the gifts within ourselves to serve ourselves, our families, loved ones, and our communities. Once you have discovered these gifts and talents, you can promote harmony, peace, and hope. To find out how to harness your own gifts and talents, tune in to Get Ready. Get ready for your breakthrough with host Felicia A. Hill, live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen and share with others. Are you looking for life's answers? How about the meaning of true self? Can you really be a better person overnight? Well, good luck with that. Now, if you want to know more about this insane world and life we lead, tune in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. You'll learn about how the brain operates under different psychological conditions, some common sense. Heck, you might just actually learn something. Listen Fridays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. If you're ready for big changes in less than one month's time, you're ready to tune in for Radical Change Now with Dr. Mary Oz. It's where healing meets the law of attraction in an engaging package. You'll hear from guests and callers as they share their stories, offer solutions to life's challenges, and much more. With Dr. Mary's approach, even a child could effectively learn and apply the concepts discussed on each week's show. Listen live every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We are talking about your psychic development and your spiritual growth. And such an interesting uh, subject this is because it's a little bit on the controversial side for some people. But Michael was telling a story about himself and... I would like to ask him to continue. What was it like for you learning clairvoyance? Well, I didn't have to learn clairvoyance. That's something I already saw, I had, and everything. But learning to use it in a way that was beneficial to me and everyone else, learning to use clairvoyance correctly was like having dessert all the time. (laughs) It was so easy for me to see. And all of a sudden, I had permission to look and see, rather than having everyone trying to block me from seeing. Yeah, 
that that's not usually done on a conscious, you know, physical type level or even intellectual level. It's just people are often so afraid that they don't want anybody else to see. They don't want to, they think they're not so good. So they don't want other people to see how bad they are. Well, that's never true. And, and people have secrets. They, they're afraid that other people are going to find out their secrets. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I tell people I'm teaching to develop their clairvoyant abilities. <laughs> other people, when you really see other people's secrets, they're the most boring things to you. It's not, it's not important. It's, it's boring. Nothing to be ashamed or afraid of. Who's going to want to look? <laughs> it's not exciting enough. But the th- exciting thing, I was like a kid in a candy store. Well, actually not because I'm not so fond of candy. So that's not a good metaphor. Let's say getting to use my clairvoyance, having that permission. I was a kid in an ice cream parlor. <laughs> Michael loves ice cream. <laughs> ah, yes, that's when I came to see how little permission there was in our society to see clairvoyantly. In the, when, when there's someone or a group of people giving you great permission to just look and see to your heart's content, if it's natural to you, it's just right there. But in the world, how come it's so difficult for most people? Because the world is like in concrete. <laughs> it's thick and heavy energetically, and you stop seeing because you're starting to see clairvoyantly with your inner eye. You start to see what everybody else is seeing, which is, I'm not seeing anything. I'm not seeing anything. Do you see anything? No. You're just imagining things. Uh, Yeah, you're kind of crazy. Whatever. Like that. That's what most people are looking at. And then so, who wants to look at that all the time? Nothing. Yeah. So, they concentrate on looking only with their physical eyes and feeling with their hands and whatnot and be a body. That's called being a body person. Being psychic means you've made the step to becoming more and more the spirit person, the soul person. So once you start to establish even a little bit of a psychic sanctuaries for ourselves, for looking and seeing clairvoyantly and having all your psychic abilities, it's like the celebration could begin. Where I was as a soul, my spiritual growth was predicated on psychic development. Without, without it, I really couldn't grow much more. The more I tended to be my psychic self, my psychic soul person self, and tended to my soul person needs, the more I advanced in my spiritual growth naturally. So psychic development means you're tending to the needs of your soul self. In the earlier phases of a soul's growth, often it's not that productive to bring too much attention to psychic development as a thing you can do. At those stages, the soul doesn't have enough mastery over its ego that it could easily become distracted into wanting to develop their psychic abilities for the ego's 
satisfaction. I want this. I want that. Or for using it for cheating. Yeah, and to control people. Or make her love me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to make him uh, marry me. You know, it's kind of like mind control. So, but it's trying to control other people's minds. So, anytime you mm, violate another's free will, that's a surefire karmic entanglement. And... Hey, you don't want that. Once you get to a certain point, you know that's not what I'm going to do. So, so often, uh, spiritual masters have forbidden their students, their disciples, to study psychic development because they knew if they grew spiritually, eventually, gradually, their psychic development will happen. But later on in a soul's development, when the soul gets further along, like, if you're listening to this show, you've been around the block quite a few times. <laughs> or else you wouldn't be interested in our show. So, as you get to the place of awakening much more as a soul, without correct guidance and instruction in psychic development, the soul wouldn't be able to grow very fast or well. Just like I said earlier, if I hadn't found a teacher who would teach me this, I would have been still fumbling around in the dark in my spiritual growth. Did you have a question for me, Michael? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Michael wanted me to talk about, um, in this conversation today, about um, how this happened for me because um, of the sort of the dichotomy of my upbringing Um, I grew up in a very uh, normal, very Catholic family with very Catholic practices. And um, as a little child, probably as far back as I can remember, I learned to pray. I learned to um, love Jesus and the whole uh, Catholic and Christian uh, teachings I understood by the time I was probably four or five years old, and I was very passionate about it. And one night I had a dream, which I talked about in the very first episode, which was a very complex, very adult dream that told me I was going to be a spiritual teacher. And I had no idea what that was going to look like when I grew up because there weren't women priests or anything like that. And, of course, as a child, um, I was very interested in the saints and and being a saint and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And I understood later that, um, you know, becoming a saint is really an action of the church and not really having uh, necessarily that much to do with the soul they're sainting. Some saints really did do miracles, some didn't, but... One way or the other, at least it sanctified and and validated miracles that can happen. And so when I had that dream as a little child, my energy shifted from knowing that um, I was going to be Catholic my whole life to actually having series of dreams and also very, very strong intuitions that what I was being taught about, even what Jesus taught, was not 100% correct. Jesus was very psychic when he spoke to the woman at the well. He uh, was giving her a psychic reading. (laughs) Why do you think she was so surprised? And you might not like the word psychic uh, in conjunction with Jesus, but 
when one is in soul development and and waking up, these are the things that we start to have within us. And also, I use that example a lot too of Jesus telling the woman, you know, she was married all these times and this and that. What's going on with her? And that's essentially a psychic reading, clairvoyant reading. But a lot of times uh, a Christian person will go, well, that's because Jesus is Jesus and, you know, we're not Jesus. Well, of course we're not Jesus. But what Jesus also said is anything I've done, you can do as well. And you can do more than that. Yes. So so that's both permission, it's validation that it's not limited to one person. It's everyone. This is natural to everyone. And if you're coming after someone like Jesus, he's going, hey, I expect you to do more. That's right. it, you know, the teacher always, if it's a real teacher, a teacher always expects the students to surpass the teacher uh, at least sooner or later. Exactly, exactly. So like Michael, as I went into my teen years, I started to just have a knowingness that I would um, have some kind of spiritual psychic training. And in my consciousness at the time, I thought of it as psychic training and I often dreamed of this funky little place in the corner somewhere in some city, and later on I got to recognize it as the city I was living in at the time, San Jose, California, which is now, probably that house is worth millions of dollars, but it was a really funky little place back then. And um, sure enough, when I finally had, um, let's say, high-level guidance that took me to finding this place in such an amazing way, including a whole week of near disasters in my life, one which nearly killed me, uh, to point me in the right direction. And when I walked, when I saw the place, when I pulled up, I couldn't believe it, the place was real. And later on, it was very similar when I met the original teacher who founded these training centers because he too had been in my dreams from the time I was about 22 when, when that childhood dream stopped repeating itself, then I started dreaming about this man, and he was teaching me and teaching me and teaching me every night. I even kept a journal of it for a long time until such a time as I actually met him face-to-face about six or eight months after I started my training. And I knew I was in the right place. It was an intuitive knowing that I had landed at the place where spirit wanted me to get my training. And... Consequently, I was there for 12 years. I learned to teach many, many people. Uh, I took my training, and then I became a teacher and an institute director and everything, and went on to um, teach on my own with with my husband, Michael, here. So, um, yes, we have four minutes. Michael, you want to add anything? Well, the thing that you said that was so important for our spiritual growth is that... that, um, uh, you didn't let, you know, you said, yeah, there was a near-death uh, situation, uh, your life was threatened, um, and a lot of negative, destructive kind of things happened. To try to, and get in the way. Yes, but not only did you not let it stop you, but you interpreted it correctly. See, a lot of people, 
think when they're having a wake-up call and things are not going well and things like everything's falling apart or I'm, I'm sick, I'm doing poorly, they kick themselves, they criticize themselves, they don't realize, no, when you're going through a major transformation, when you're going, making a big step up, making a big change in your life, that's part of what you're going through. It's a step up, even though the things that are showing up to complete itself could be negative and, and destructive or not, and painful. But don't let it bother you. Just go right through it and go, okay, what am I, am I learning from this? Then it always gets you to the next step, always gets you to what you need to do to grow spiritually. Yes, so um, I thought it would be interesting for you to find out some of the things that went on the week before I found my training center that I had dreamed so many years about. One was I was on my way to work and went through a very strange intersection where I almost got hit by someone running a stop sign. I um, almost got hit by someone who decided to come straight into my lane, so I was hitting head on for her. I avoided her, got around her, and then I got hugely rear-ended by a gigantic truck. I was uh, driving a very small car. That week, I also ran over a dog who later I found out um, did not die, but uh, it was the middle of the night on my way home from the laundromat, and I couldn't find the dog after I ran over it because it was so huge. And then uh, several other things happened, including someone I loved dearly had died. And I had asked Spirit, what what can I do? What's, you know, something big is going on and I need to know what to do. And then I had taken a magazine with me to work and that magazine had a little article in it that, that helped me to find that training center where I got my first contact with my teacher that I would later meet um, six months later after I started taking classes. So it was quite a journey. All right, so we're coming up already on our second break, so I need to make this announcement. Would you like to get beyond doubts and learn to follow your heart and use your intuition? Yes, to live the miracle of your soul life. Join us for two life-transforming all-day experiential seminars in Chicago, Illinois, where Michael will teach on Saturday, September 1st, a seminar workshop titled When in Doubt, Follow Your Heart, how to use your intuition to take your next step. And on Sunday, September 2nd, navigating life's challenges, using imagination and intuition to open new doors. Please tell your friends to check out our website for events, for all details and other upcoming seminars and teleclasses. And when we return in a couple of minutes, we'll continue with your psychic development and your spiritual growth. your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com What makes someone successful in their field? On Transformational Energy Leadership, Dr. Matthew Allen Woolsey speaks to amazing guests who share their ideas, advice, tips, and tricks as to what defines success for them. The result is positive transformation for you. You'll learn that personal energy is the key to make it work. 
And you'll hear through actual examples how to bring that positive transformation to life. Listen live every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. We hear just be you a lot these days. But who are you? What is an authentic life? The answer to these questions and more will be answered on The Authentic Living Show, hosted by Andrea Matthews. Andrea will interview some of today's spiritual, psychological experts and will provide her own wisdom to help you raise your consciousness to the level of your I am. Listen for Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Heard live every Wednesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We all experience grief and loss. It's not something most people like to talk about, but these topics do need to be discussed. On Let's Talk About Grief, host Addie Anderson speaks to both professionals and individuals about grief, death, and personal loss. You'll hear the important topics, the personal and professional outlooks, and learn how to prepare yourself and loved ones when the need arises. Listen Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Empowerment. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's good to have you back, and welcome to those of you just joining us. Our topic today is your psychic development and your spiritual growth. Yes, you know, uh, every time I say, Raphael, could you could you touch my head? I think it's growing. <laughs> she rolls her eyes. <laughs> but in psychically, it's like that all the time. We're growing. We're becoming more aware. We're starting to get past our judgments. You know, really, what's a what's a limit in your mind? They're all judgments. Like, it could be physical, like, oh, I can't run that high, uh, fast or jump that high. That's a judgment. Or how about, I can't meditate? And on a more inner spiritual level, I can't meditate. Or, no, I've never been able to meditate. Or, I don't even know what meditation is. Those are judgments, because judgments are just opinions, right? And we just make it up as we go along. <laughs> and then people give them to us. You know, they they scold us and say, no, you have to do this or else you're bad, and like that. So we grow up with that. We, we develop it ourselves. We make it up as we go along. So psychic development, it's... A lot of it, you know, this thing that Raphael was saying that she went through such difficult challenges like in her test. every day. Yeah, it's like a test. But what's a test? The test is testing, okay, it started after she made her commitment, made the decision and her commitment. She needs to go study. She needs to go find this teacher. She needs to learn about this stuff. She wanted to. And then when she put it into action, all hell breaks loose, right? That's a little bit like a test, isn't it? Are you sure this is what you're wanting to do? Yeah. And But 
to get from point A to point B in our spiritual work, in our spiritual growth, and our psychic development. Psychic means in the soul, and it happens within you, in your mind, in your consciousness. Well, the minute you make a new decision to do something different, new, more, oh, that's going beyond your previous limits. And when you go beyond your previous limits, well, in sports, they call it breaking the record, right? That's right. Yeah. So, Raphael had to break all her previous judgments and previous thoughts of limitations, previous conditions by which she would live her life. She had to break through those, and most of those weren't even hers. Those were imposed by her upbringing, you know, teachers, parents, uh, family members, uh, ministers, doctors, you know, people who you look up to as authority. And they don't have to be wrong. It's just that, oh, you've outgrown them. She outgrows, grew those. She needed to take her next step. And in doing so, in her mind, these conditions and limitations, judgments had to go. We call that blowing a picture, exploding a picture. And that may sound destructive, but it's it's really a fast and easy way to let go. It's kind of like um, clapping your hands really loudly when you're trying to get everybody to silence. Yeah, it, it gets the of, attention right there. And it, and it releases uh, kind of a signal yeah. in a way. And it's like having a... a stiff neck or tense shoulder because you've been hunched over the computer and then you go, oh, and you stretch. You let it go. That's, and the pain is gone. So over a period of, you know, a few days or whatever that Raphael went through, she let go of so much out of her mind, conscious and unconscious part of her mind. And then she can find the place, she can start her training and learn something fundamentally knew from what all those limitations said. She's not supposed to, she can't, it's not going to work, blah, blah, blah. And that's always the case, no matter what we do. And that's where so many people stop. Oh, I better not do this because this is a bad sign, you know, or something like that. That's superstition. That's not going, okay, I made this new commitment to be here. What is this about? And when you look inside of yourself, this is what clairvoyance is about, is to, it's your commitment to see the truth. I'd like to mention something too, because um, I didn't get to really tell the whole end of the story, which was very profound for me in that process. And there had been many years of a process of wanting a teacher. You know, there's a saying, when the student is ready, the teacher appears. And that certainly was true for me. And so I briefly mentioned that one of the things that happened in that one-week period where I almost got killed in an accident, I ran over a dog and almost killed him, and uh, somebody very close to me died. And that person very close to me that died, I was it was the only time in my life I've sat bedside uh, or I was sitting bedside with someone as they were passing over. And... There, were, there was a lot going on in the room, but I was alone with the husband of this person. It was a woman who was very close to me. And I put my hands on his shoulders because he was um, basically breathing breath into her. 
and it was really time for her to go. And it was uh, my very first experience of seeing spirit coming into a room of a, of a situation like this. And the woman whose spirit was lifting out of her body, she was all gold. She was dying of leukemia, which is a pretty terrible disease. But her spirit, her soul was all golden. And the people that were coming, she wasn't particularly religious, but she was a good person. And the people that were uh, waiting for her, I prayed to have my grandmother there because I didn't know too many of her relatives on the other side. And I saw my grandmother very clearly. And I saw a bunch of people I didn't know, and she lifted up out of the body and went with them. As soon as I put my hands on her husband and pulled him out of her face, she left. And it was such a profound experience. I'll never forget it. I've heard people describe what it's like to be at a birth, which I still have never experienced. But it was pretty much the same thing on that joy level of completion and going on to one's next step. Yes, those are major points of transition. But life goes on, as all of you are probably very aware of by now. And But still, you might get scared of, you know, if somebody says, oh, you're going to die soon. <laughs> that's, that's just a survival reaction. And the difference is when you're living as the soul that you are, and you know intuitively that you're immortal, you're not, never going to die, then you look at death very differently. And one of the things that um, uh, we were talking about, Rafiana and I were talking about this morning, is when we went on our honeymoon, um, it was great. We had so much fun. We were going from, first we went to the little island of Bora Bora, and after a couple of three days, we went to, from there, with a little hovercraft, hovercraft uh, over the ocean to um, Morea. Morea little bit bigger island. This is Tahiti. Yes, this is in the Tahitian island complex. And and then this was set up by a student of ours at that time who was a really top-notch travel agent. She said, you just have to take yourself there. Everything will be arranged. It was way before Google. Yeah. <laughs> we, and computers so, were barely existing at that time. So then uh, we go down the um, stairs to the terminal area where we're going to be picked up by a limo driver is what she had on our itinerary. And I'm reading this and I'm laughing. I'm looking at where we are and I turn to Raphael to not have her have high expectations of some stretched limo with this, you know, official uh, limo driver chauffeur with a hat, with a hat everything <laughs> coming to greet us. I said, no, it's going to be a cab and we're, we're going to be picked up by a cab driver. I'm pretty sure of it. And so she goes, okay. And she's a little bit perplexed why I'm repeating this. I've said, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a cab driver. And, and then um, uh, as we approach there's a bunch of people with signs. <laughs> of course, the cab driver, <laughs> short guy, uh, holding a uh, sign that says Tamui. <laughs> We're supposed to be Tamura. <laughs> yeah, and that was the closest. I looked at all the signs. I said, that must be us. <laughs> so we ask him, and he looks at the sign, says, shrugs his shoulder, and we follow him to, ah, nothing more than a cab. And as we're going to the cab, I turned to Raphael and said, 
but he's not a cab driver. He's not a cab driver. I said it to her about five times before we got into the cab. And she's looking at me like, not only, why are you saying he's not a cab driver? Obviously, he's driving the cab. And this is a cab. <laughs> and But why am I repeating it so often? Because I can see he was not a cab driver. He was something else. And so we get in the car. We're going along. And and um, I immediately tell him, you know, I say hi. And uh, we're both ministers. We're both psychic, you know, clairvoyant and spiritual teachers. And I thought he was going to shoot through the ceiling of the cab in joy. Not in surprise. Well, surprise, but gleeful, joyful surprise. And he's all bright-eyed and, and he's laughing, smiling. He says, I am so happy to meet both of you. I, I needed this. And we go, okay. And, and so I turned to Raphael just to rub it in. I said, see, I told you he's not a cab driver. And he says, I'm, I'm just like you. He says, this is the first day of driving a cab for me. It was a Monday morning or something. And, and he says, until Friday late afternoon, I was the senior pastor of the oldest Protestant church in Morea, the first Protestant church in Morea. And we look at him, and he tells us this, this entire incredible political uh disruption and and war that of between the the natural islanders the natives and the imported kind of uh, European Christians who start to take over that church well he, obviously he was a native dark skin everything he was a native Morean and then the story comes out of him from the time he was four years old he was initiated into the native spiritual ways of the Morean people, the original Morean people, he was taught from four years old on uh, by the medicine men and women of Morea. And he was taught by the shamans and in all their sacred ways. And then, of course, from elementary school, he also went to a public school and got regular uh, education as well. But by the time he got to high school, he had passed all his initiations. He was already a uh, 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 shaman, but a uh, young up-and-coming shaman. But uh, he was being groomed for that. But all his, pretty much all his classmates and friends were Christians. So he got interested. He talked to everybody about Christianity, never knew anything about it. So he decides after high school, instead of going on to become the shaman for the island, he decided he wanted to take a little break, go to Christian seminary, learn the Christian ways, and to so he would have an understanding of it. And after that, he got so popular as a spiritual leader and teacher that even as a very young man, straight out of the seminary, he was ordained as the pastor for the church. And he also talked about having out-of-body sojourns every night with his teachers. 
um, when he was in his growing up years. So, you know, we all come from different places, and um, he was very, very uh, spiritual, and he was extremely psychic and took us all to the sacred sites around the island. It was really quite an amazing experience for both Michael and I as newlyweds in 1991. All right, so... We're coming to the end of our show. I have some announcements. Did you know that three keys to living joyously are imagination, inspiration, and intuition? We will be in Burlington, Vermont on September 22 and 23, and Michael will give two all-day seminars. Saturday's topic is Joy is Within You. Free your imagination and live a spirit-inspired life. And Sunday's is You are psychic and joyous already. Know your purpose intuitively. See your way clairvoyantly. Be sure to check our website, michaeltamora.com, for all the details. Exciting news also while we're in Burlington, Vermont. We'll be at a special one-evening-only screening of the PGS Intuition is Your Personal Guidance System movie that's garnering rave reviews to sell out crowds in both the U.S. and Australia everywhere it's been shown. Michael is a featured teacher in this movie, actually a featured uh, uh, interviewee in this movie, and he'll be there to conduct a special Q&A after the screening. I'm so excited about that. Get all the details and reserve your tickets now before they're gone for this extraordinary experience. And um, there is a website for it, gathr.us forward slash screening forward slash reserve forward slash 23902. You can listen to the recording to pick that up. We'll see you next Wednesday right here on Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll explore an all-important topic with you. What's happening in your relationships psychically? Please tell your friends about our show and share it on social media. Until then, be inspired. Use your imagination and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Thank you very much for joining us. See you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.